Hello and welcome to Humans Beyond Resources, an HR podcast by Reverb where we cover topics from culture to compliance. Reverb believes that every decision a leader makes reverberates throughout the organization, from hiring your first employee to training your entire workforce. We believe in building healthy, inclusive cultures that engage your team. I'm your host, Sarah Wilkins, Reverb COO, working mom, and adventurer. Hello, and welcome to our first episode of Humans Beyond Resources. For our first episode, we are discussing pay transparency and how to build trust with your employees and candidates. With recent pay transparency laws going into effect January 1, 2023 in Washington and California, and at least five other states already having similar laws in place, we wanted to bring you some practical advice and guidance on how to handle pay transparency in your organization. Reverb wholeheartedly agrees with transparent pay practices and believes that sharing certain compensation information with employees and candidates will build trust and accountability across the organization. To address some common pitfalls and best practices, we are chatting with Sherry Costa, a senior compensation expert. Welcome, Sherry. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm excited for this. Yeah, I can't wait to get all your expertise. Um, So, you know, I'd love to start by hearing from you on some of the common pitfalls you see when companies are implementing pay transparency practices. Sure. Well, you know, there's a a lot going on right now. And I kind of bucket all of these things into three main buckets that I'm seeing. One of them is unfortunately no action. Um, I find that some employers don't even have this on their radar, but it's not the end of the world and we can help. Um, I also see panic (laughs) and I see (laughs) analysis paralysis. So uh, let me explain those a little bit. Um, So we see some companies playing catch up and they're doing, uh, they're just making all of these decisions out of desperation. They're in panic to get in compliance with everything, but with just a little bit of guidance, a structured approach with clear guidelines can be quickly implemented. Um, What I see these kinds of companies doing is they post really large pay ranges because they're not necessarily prepared and they haven't done any analysis of their current employee pay. So there's a lot of fear of what will our employee reaction be. So they go to, oh my gosh, we've got to post this, but make it huge. And then nobody can really tell what we're really doing. So this technically meets the letter of the law, but it also has unintended consequences in both the candidate pool that you can attract and in the employee population. Um, And then on the analysis paralysis side, what I see is companies that really want to get very, very detailed with their pay ranges to attract the right candidates, which is great, but they get really hung up on those details along the way and they start, they miss the big picture. So without a real strategy behind it and clear change management and communication, all of that analysis kind of gets lost in the chaos and hiring managers, recruiters, and even current employees left are left confused and sometimes even irritated you're talking about kind of the panic p- 
portion. Um, we saw in the New York rollout how mm -hmm. companies just posted very large ranges. And um, like you said, it technically met the, you know, the letter of the law, but it definitely um, doesn't look great for employees or candidates to have, you know, such a wide range. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah. no, totally. And when candidates are out there looking, they see a range like that. And if they see it in more dialed in range, who's going to get that candidate applying? It's going to be the more dialed in range. So yeah. yeah, you build trust by having, you know, transparent and clear practices up front, right? Versus Absolutely. having that, you know, wide range. Yeah, thanks. So Sherry, you just shared, you know, some of the common pitfalls or things that you see, you know, companies doing right now with regards to pay equity. Um, you know, how can companies avoid these pitfalls? And what best practices would you share? Well, of course, you know, I would say do everything and do it right, but we don't have time for that right now, right? So yeah. there's some main things that you should do right away. Um, and that's really understanding your company's current compensation program maturity level. And um, I have like five different buckets for that. I, I refer to them as like as needed, where you don't really have any standardization and the processes are kind of all over the board. We see this a lot with, you know, small companies and they're just addressing things as they come. Um, then you have emerging, which um, you, you're beginning to develop processes and use some consistent approaches, but it's not quite dialed in yet. And then developing, so you might have created a compensation philosophy and some sort of strategy and some structures and maybe even brought some tools in but you haven't dialed that completely in yet. Um, advancing is where you would have reliable data sources, a strong philosophy, great strategy. Um, you're really doing pretty great at all your um, comp stuff. And then at the end, you're in the optimizing where you're confident in your sources, your strategy, your structures. And really what you're doing over time is just optimizing those and making them better. So understanding where you are in that range of possibilities and where you want to get maybe in the next six to 12 months really can help you dial in what to address first. Um, I always, always encourage to start with your job architecture. And that's, you know, what are your jobs? How many levels are there? Are you creating career development opportunities with those levels? You can create these levels even if you don't have employees to put them in, because then you have this great architecture to plug current employees and future employees into. And when you're doing that, you can also make sure that you are building out job descriptions or career development tracks and keeping them uh, for future, like in a library. This is really important with some of these new laws that are coming up because um, California, for example, is one where you have to be able to show an employee's pay, a job title, and the description of that job for their entire career and three years after they terminate. So get that job description library started. And if you have that, then you have everything you need to go get market data and analyze your pay. And when you're doing that, you're building out what philosophy you want to use for your pay, how you're going to do that. Um, and then once you have all of those pieces, which is a lot, it's a ton of pieces, but then you can really 
start doing all your analysis around your current pay, understanding where your outliers are, and beginning to address any inequities. So it is a lot, but these kind of things are not just going to help companies like address pay transparency. They're going to feed into everything else, like performance management, uh, ease of recruiting, um, having easy pay conversations about promotions with your employees. So it's worth it because it's not just addressing pay transparency. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Um, and I was going to ask kind of further, you know, we've, you mentioned this is a lot of work, obviously, and you know, we work with a lot of small companies or smaller nonprofits. Um, how can they approach this in a, in a way that can, you know, uh, not be too much work, but gets them set on the right foot? You think kind of the same way or? Yeah, well, you know, for sure, it's, it can be as complicated or as simple as you want it to be. And I always um, encourage clients, like, think about the simplest way to do this. So if you were wanting to build out different levels of a job and have job descriptions, you may not have this big, fancy, long, perfectly written job description to start. You might have an Excel spreadsheet that just lists out experience by level and different knowledge, skills, and abilities by level really simply. That gets you to where you need to go for the market benchmarking, and you can expand on that later when you have time. So that's one way I would start out to do that. And then, you know, one of the things that I think gets missed a lot when we're doing any kind of change or, you know, anything um, is the change management and, you know, any kind of recommendations with communicating this information to managers and employees and how have you seen that work well? (laughs) Well, yeah, Um, I think when you're having the compensation philosophy conversation, Like, how do we want to pay our employees? What can we afford? What market are we targeting? You also need to be having the conversation of who are we going to tell this to? You know, what is the audience? And how often are we going to talk about it? So the audience may be all employees internally. Um, It may be just managers. It may be as open as you possibly can get, including putting something on your website for candidates to see. So I consider that part of the uh, comp philosophy conversation in the very beginning. And then that builds out like a project plan of communication. Like we will talk about this pay transparency project we're going through once a month with our leaders and provide them talking points to talk to their employees. So something like that, I mean, every company is going to be different on what they want to share into who, but have that conversation right up front. And I think, you know, that was going into our next question is just helping to equip managers. There's so many terms and processes and, you know, things like that, Um, kind of digging a little bit deeper into that. How do you equip managers to be able to share and answer questions from their team? Yeah, so it's interesting because one of the first questions I have started to ask my clients, and I think it throws them off a little bit because we're talking about pay transparency a lot of times. Um, I will say, tell me how you define a promotion in your company. And I'll ask numerous leaders this. And almost every time I get different and significantly different answers from people. Um, 
So using that as an example, I usually go into a, let's uh, create like a salary administration manual of sorts, where we list all of these terms that are used in compensation and we define them. And that becomes part of our communication and manager training and employee training. Um, and at the end of that, as you're working through all of these different things, you are building out this manual that really defines everything. So not only the terminology, like what is a promotion? How often can it be done? Who has to approve it? But then it be can begin to like define the processes. So by the end of, of this whole project, you also come out with a one-stop shop salary administration manual that has everything that you've been talking about through the whole process in it. And then you have that for new employees and new managers as well. I wanted to go back to something you said about, you know, companies kind of can decide how much information and who they share it with and things like that. And I think there's a concept or a misconception maybe around pay transparency that everyone knows everything. And that's like, that's, but it's a spectrum, right? I mean, sure. I think you've shared that with me before. So yeah. What is the pay transparency spectrum, if you will? Well, you know, you have companies that are incredibly open um, and they're, they're doing things like, um, well, on the, on the most dramatic side, sharing everybody's actual pay to everybody in the company. Now, there's not a lot of those, but there are some of those. I consider that the very, very top of that spectrum. Um, as you go down that spectrum, you're talking about, um, you know, providing employees, here's your, your job grade, and here's the pay range that goes along with it. And here's where you fall within that range and why you fall there. Um, and then, you know, they may even publish pay ranges of other jobs so that they can kind of correlate where they are in the career development. You know, if I applied to this internal job, would that be a step up for me? I can tell that by looking at the pay grade of that job. Um, taking another step down, you might just say, here is what you pay we've come up with a process to make sure that it's fair, um, trust us, and that's it. <laughs> and then um, kind of at the bottom of that spectrum is really, here's what you're paid and no other information. So um, this pay transparency thing really kind of pushes those employers that are just telling employees what they're paid and no other information to kind of share more. And that's, you know, working towards sharing pay ranges and maybe where they fall within it and why. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. Um, so it's kind of starting somewhere, right? Like it's yeah. not that you need to be sharing nothing to sharing everything, but you can work your way across that spectrum to what works best for you and your yep. company. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So yeah, as we mentioned in the beginning, um, there are at least eight states with pay transparency laws in place. Uh, do you think we'll continue to see states follow the same trend? And how can companies best prepare and roll out pay transparency if they haven't already? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, there's a few things pushing this. And the main thing is really the candidates, because they don't want to waste their time applying and interviewing for a job and find out later that the pay range is lower than where they currently are. And recruiters also don't want to attract candidates that aren't, you know, really what they're looking for. 
And a pay range can help the recruiters, the employers, the candidates, all of them really match the expectation to the job before that application even happens. So it's, it's a really great thing, I think. Um, so there was a SHRM article that said, when looking at a job posting, compensation and benefits are primary things that most candidates are looking for. It's a motivating factor that one shouldn't be easily ignored. And in fact, LinkedIn said that 70% of professionals will want to hear about salary in the first message from a recruiter. So in the end, cut out the middleman included in the job posting. It saves you time and simultaneously gives great information to poten potentially interested candidates. So, you know, in the end, states are going to continue to roll out these pay transparency laws. And the thing that starts making it really, really difficult is we have a really remote workforce now. And you have to address all these these laws with with your remote workforce. So if you're posting a job and somebody from Washington may happen to apply to it, you have to follow those Washington rules. So it just kind of forces a lot of these other states and, and uh, companies that operate in multiple states to just go for the easier uh, easier direction and, and start posting pay ranges for everything. That's my opinion anyway. Yeah, that's a really great point around the remote workforce. I know I've, you know, people have asked questions. Well, I'm not, you know, we don't have any employees in Colorado or we only have one employee in Colorado, right. for example, right? But it's still, you know, required or we're not hiring in Colorado, but we're hiring anywhere. Um, so yeah. you're saying, yeah, we still need to comply by these laws unless you are specifically excluding any of these states, correct? Yeah, there's... um. A, a guideline that was just published in November from Department of Labor and in Industries for Washington State that talks about how to post for remote. And it really calls out like being very careful about any kind of exclusion of a pay range if there is a remote possibility that somebody from Washington would apply. Um, so, you know, I just encourage people to maybe go out and, and read that document. It's Department of Labor and Industry Policy Guidelines um, published in November of this year. You've shared so much great information, uh, Sherry. Any kind of like final, you know, uh, bullets or thoughts that you would, um, you know, leave us with to sum up, yeah, what you were sharing today? Yeah, so I think the one thing that... I am really encouraged about that, although companies are kind of freaked out by this pay transparency thing, what it does is it really helps solidify so many other things that aren't just tied to pay transparency. So it's an opportunity to really clear some things up on your HR side. So when you're doing this, you're clarifying your compensation philosophy and your strategy you're providing clear and understandable guidelines that everybody will work from. And I know no matter what company I ever worked in, clear and understandable guidelines weren't necessarily the things that we always had, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, it's going to address pay equity, which reduces legal risk for the company. It defines comp processes. It defines terminology for compensation. 
it removes stress and discomfort when having pay conversations, which I think is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, it also builds a culture of career development and succession planning if you're starting to build out and really understand your levels of jobs. And in the end, it builds trust and conf- confidence in the company and its leaders, which I think is so important. And that piece really can be driven by your change management and communication strategy around all of this work. Yeah, those are great. Um, yeah, I think we can't discount the the trust that this puts, you know, in people um, for their company whenever these things are done well and communicated well and very, you know, open and, and transparent with the communication around how it was developed and, you know, um, how how they approach pay. One final kind of, you know, we really want uh, people to be able to take practical, you know, actions away. Um, and you shared so many, but what is, you know, one action you would take today if, you um, you know, you are a company that is kind of in one of the panic, no action or analysis paralysis phases um, to set yourself up for success. Um, I think the one thing that people forget to do almost every single time is really analyze your current employee pay situation. Um, You know, often we just go to, well, we have to have ranges for our jobs to post, but they're not really analyzing how are our current employees looking um, in comparison to those ranges, but also in comparison to each other. And are there any immediate uh, discrepancies or outliers that you should address before rolling out any kind of communication? Um, That really helps with the initial communication because if you haven't addressed any obvious issues, you're going to hear about them and probably hear about them in a negative way. Um, and I know you asked for one thing, but okay. <laughs> you can, you can give me two. Yeah. <laughs> um, create a frequently asked questions document now. So, you know, walk through and try to figure out what questions employees are going to ask the harder, the better, and really figure out your honest and a true answer to that question and get those all in one document. You'll continue to add to those as people start asking questions, of course. But I would also, you know, as you're building this, have it shared with your managers and maybe even employees, depending on your pay transparency level within the company. Um, that just makes sure that builds that trust and confidence and make sure everybody's on the same page and saying the same things. That's great. Thank you. And um, I'm sure you could share more, many more, but thank you. <laughs> it's so hard to stop talking about this. <laughs> I know you've got so much expertise um, and passion for it as well. Right. And so, um, yeah, we so appreciate everything you shared with us today. Um, I really hope uh, companies are able to take this information and, you know, apply it to their specific, you know, situation. Thanks so much, Sherry. Yeah, don't panic, everybody. It's going to be okay. I like that. It's going to be okay. Thank you for listening to this episode of Humans Beyond Resources. Visit ReverbPeople.com to find free resources, subscribe to our newsletter, and connect with our team. If you haven't already, subscribe to stay up to date on all of our upcoming episodes. We look forward to having you as part of our community.